We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Let's do this. <laughs> it's time for the Gabe Ramirez Show on 670 The Score. Oh, you see this facial hair? This, this little baby facial hair? is until the Bears win. He's two more sacks. I mean, don't you know that Puerto Rican Bobby is coming for you? <laughs> Sipping on some Coquito. He's doing his thing. Out. Let's do this. Happy Thursday, everybody. So glad you guys are here. 670 The Score. I'm Gabe Ramirez. Hopefully you enjoyed that Bears All Access. It's like if you're a Bears fan and you hear Jeff Joniak in the middle of the year, especially the offseason, you get excited. You get excited because you know it's right around the corner, especially when he has those fantastic interviews. Great job by them. I'm going to keep the conversation going because I know expectations are low for the Chicago Bears for the Chicago Bears team. I know this. You, you know this. Everybody's trying to sugarcoat it the same way the Cubs did. Hey, we're not rebuilding. We're trying to be competitive. But we all know what's going on there. We saw what happened today. But the expectations are low for this Chicago Bears team. But, but there should be high expectations for certain players. So I want to give you my list, something I love to do in my first segment, of players that should elevate their game this upcoming season. Five players. And then I want to specifically discuss the Bear who I feel could potentially make the biggest impact on this team. Now, I'll get number five out of the way, and that's Justin Fields. I know. You thought he was going to be number one. No, because like the, the, the window, right? The deviation for, from how good he can be or how bad he can be is just so, so wide. You just hope he can, be, he can be a little bit better. And you can hope he can be a game manager and, and continue to get better season after season with this Chicago Bears team. But that's my number five Chicago Bear who should elevate their game this upcoming season. Number four is Darnell Mooney. And you're saying to yourself, well, Gabe, he was our best player last year. He was our most consistent wide receiver. He created the most space. Almost had, you know, some some standout statistics. Doesn't take away from the fact that we want Darnell Mooney to be that number one guy. Everyone can say, they. everyone says, I don't think he can be. We need a number one. Well, that's why I'm telling you, this is someone that should elevate their game this upcoming season. Believe it. Be the Tyreek Hill type that can make a, uh, a catch down the field, that can continue to get those 100 receptions and 1,000 yards. Get better. That's what we want. And I know he, he expects the same thing from himself. Number three, Bears who should elevate their game in the upcoming season, Travis Gibson. I look at the defensive side of the ball, no Khalil Mack. You see a brand-new scheme, 4-3 from the 3-4. 
And he had a great year last year. And you look at him and you say, hey, this is someone who I would love to see step up and contribute on the defensive side of the ball to make the linebacking core or defensive end core better than they were last year. Number two, you see a serial in the, in the aisles of Jewel Osco on sale. I'm talking about Eddie Jackson. I think we could all agree that if you're looking for a particular Chicago Bear player who should elevate their game this upcoming season, he would be highlighted on that list with an asterisk next to him. Eddie, we love you. We just want you to play better. And I know you do too. And I think that's the good thing here. That's why you're on my list. You're one of the top guys that I have there. But the number one player on this Chicago Bears team that should elevate their game in the upcoming season is Cole Komet. Think about that for a second. If Cole Komet can elevate his game to be one of the top five tight ends in the league, the trickle-down effect has immense ramifications for the Chicago Bear team because you then make Justin Fields better. You make your running game better. Your passing attack no longer is dependent upon Darnell Mooney. You have a tight end that can actually be that guy for you, and this is what we expect. And I'm going to go over some stats about Cole Komet in a second, but here's something that gives me, gets me excited and, and validates my feeling that Cole Komet is the most important player and who we should see elevate his game. Here's Matt Eberflus talking about Justin Fields and what he does extremely well. You're in the process still of learning about the quarterback, Justin Fields. What's new in that regard? Is there anything that has popped out in this particular week of OTAs? Um, I would say, man, he throws a good deep ball. I would say that. I'm excited about that. And you can see it in the seven on seven and the 11 on 11s. And we're going to take, our, you know, we're going to take our shots down the field. And man, he's, he does a nice job doing that. And that's what stands out to me. I would love some of those deep ones to go to Cole Komet. Big body, give him an opportunity. When you're looking at his stats, Cole Komet, I'm talking about specifically, he was 89th in the league at 10 yards per catch. 89th in the league. 60 receptions last year, tied for 51st. If you think about that stat, there's 32 teams in the league. Everyone has a top receiver, so that eliminates the first 32. And now you're looking at a hodgepodge of tight ends and and second-best receivers and some of the elite teams in the NFL. And he was 51st. I'll go over the tight ends that finished above him in receptions. But to continue on with his stats, 612 yards, 60th in the league. You would think he'd have a few touchdowns, but not one last year. My producer extraordinaire, Cesar Perez, holding me down. It says zero touchdowns, tied for 136. It's like, dude, just don't even put him on there. I, I didn't know he didn't have one last year. I thought he had at least a one. No. I, I was thinking at least a couple, honestly. No, one, two the year before. So, again, when I'm talking about the Chicago Bear players that should elevate their game this upcoming season, I'm specifically looking at Cole Komet, and I love the fact that he's going to tight end university again this year. He went last year, and if you're not familiar with tight end university, it's a three-day gathering of nearly like the top 50 tight ends in the league organized by former Chicago Bear Greg Olson, Travis Kelsey, and George Kittle. And when he spoke about it last, he said it was really cool. It was one of the coolest things he's done to get everyone together like that and to just kind of feed off everybody else and see what they're doing. And for me, speaking about Cole Komet, quoting him here, 
Watching receivers is nice, but I can't do that stuff that Darnell Mooney does. I'm not that fast. So being able to get to talk to guys like Mike Gusecki, Hunter Henry, of course, uh, George Kittle, and Greg Olson, and learn from those guys, that's really beneficial to me. Now, he went to it, said he had a blast. It was in Nashville. Of course, they got trashed. And he said he's going back. And I get it. You love a good summer camp. But specifically, when you say to yourself, this is a lot about his character, that he wants to elevate his game. That's what you love about a guy like Cole Komet. Here he is talking about this this team and, and how the offense is going to benefit the tight ends. You know, obviously we've been, we've been putting a lot in this past, you know, month and a half, two months, but you kind of see how the tight ends involved, you know, in the run scheme and off of that with play action movements and all those type of things, you know, can be really advantageous, advantageous for tight ends. So, um, you know, you see guys around the league in similar offenses, you know, whether it was, you know, Tunyon a couple years back with Green Bay or, um, you look at obviously what George has done in uh, in San Francisco, and um, you know even look at some things with like Minnesota and and things like that. How they've used tight ends in the past five years or so. Like you th- you see those things, and you can see how tight ends you know can get really involved in this offense. Guys, if Cole Komet can be some of the guys that he's compared that he's talking about right now, George Kittle. When you look at this team and you say to yourself, "Well, how are we going to get better? How can people be optimistic about this upcoming season?" That, this guy right here, Cole Komet, if he can be a top five tight end in this league, it will be extremely beneficial to Justin Fields and his growth. And I love the fact that he still has a chip on his shoulder. He's not feeling himself like a lot of Chicago Bears players in the past have after a season or two because of the adoration of the Chicago Bear fan base. Here he is saying that he's still trying to impress the new coaches. I mean, for me, it's just day-to-day, you know, taking it day-to-day and um, doing my best to, to show the coaches that I, what I'm capable of doing and being able to do multiple things, you know, not just being a passer, not just being a run blocker, but being able to show them that I can be involved in everything because, you know, if you can do both run and pass really well, you're going to get some nice open passes in the field. Yes. Impress me. I want to be impressed too. I want to be able to turn on the football game on Sunday and say to myself, damn, we were right about Cole Komet. Look how good he is. It's, it's, it's great to see someone with sure hands. He dropped a couple last year, had a couple fumbles, bad ones. But we want growth from there. Let me go over some stats about Cole Komet. This is, this is a Cole Komet love fest right now. So when you're looking at him, again, I mentioned he's, he had 60 receptions, tied for 51st. Look at the people that were in front of him. Tyler Higby, Tyler Conklin, and TJ Hawkinson from the Rams, Vikings, and Lions, respectively. They only had 61, one more reception than him. Then you have a little bit of a gap. Noah Fant and Kyle Pitts, 68 receptions. Then you get to the big boys. Mike Gusecki, George Kittle, 71 and 73 receptions, respectively. So only about, think about that. George Kittle only had 13 more receptions than our boy Colt Kmet. Obviously, his, his receptions were probably a bit more impactful. But when you're talking about overall reception, that's it. Now, the last four guys that were in a different stratosphere, Zach Ertz, 74 receptions, Schultz from Dallas Cowboys, 78 receptions, and, of course, Travis Kelsey, 92, and Mark Andrews with the Baltimore Ravens at 107. Now, those guys are, you know, number one targets on their teams. Cole Komet's not going to get to that level. But if you can get me to, like, get me to that George Kittle range, get me to 73, 
Give me, give me, give me 73 to 83. Be in that space right there. Be in the Gusecki, Kittle, Ertz, Schultz range. I don't want to put the pressure on you to be Travis Kelsey or Mark Andrews. But if you can get into that, that second tier of tight ends, you can be an impactful player for this Chicago Bear football team. Right after this, we're going to be talking to Mark Grody, Chicago Bears sideline reporter, and he is going to tell me why Cole Komet will be a top five tight end in this league. And he'll tell you why right after this. I'm Gabe Ramirez. This is 670 The Score. We're back live with more Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score in Odyssey Station. You're just going to pick everybody's brain. I think that's the main thing. You know, obviously we have a little bit of fun, so that's not going to lie. That's most of the trip. But uh, you get to uh, definitely pick pick guys' brains and, you know, see what they've been doing and how they go about the game, how they see things, and, and all that type of stuff. The number one guy I feel like can influence the Bears' season in 2022, Cole Komet right there, talking about tight end university. What's up? It's Gabe Ramirez. It's 670 The Score. And, of course, joining me right now on the Circuit Resort and Casino Hotline, Circuit Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book, is Chicago Bears sign live reporter, and, of course, 670's very own Mark Grody. What up, Mark? Gabe, what's going on, man? I'm glad we, we finally get to connect. I feel like we're always two passing ships in the night, or <laughs> I can't come on, or I'm not going to be hanging around for transit. So it's actually good to be on with you talking about the Chicago Bears. I love it. We had a fantastic time over the holiday break working together, so now I get to ask you the tough questions. Oh, yeah. Will Cole Komet be a top five tight end in the league this year? Uh, I don't think so. Uh, I think he could definitely, I think he has to get to another level, but to say right now, based on what he has done and has not done in his career yet, and it is a very abbreviated career, just two years in, um, I, yeah, to just skip right to top five, I can't see that, but I can see him for really the first time being the first option 100%, no doubt about it, as the tight end. Because Jimmy Graham has been hanging around the two previous years. <laughs> Just vulturing, vulturing it, catches away from him. Kind of. I mean, and let, let's face it. He may have Jimmy Graham, who was fine as a bear, he may have set Cole Komet back a little bit. And that mm. goes back to the previous coaching regime. If you If people still need that and you want to connect dots, it always was strange that it took... I remember in Cole Komet's rookie year, every week we were asking, what about Cole Komet? He had one target, zero catches, yeah. another game. There's Jimmy Graham getting you know three catches for 40 yards or whatever. And, there, and then another week that goes by, like, what? when is Cole Komet going to be involved? And it really took him, them until last year to get him more involved. And again, he was always the first option. So I, I think think that this the the way has been cleared for him he's the only tight end from the tight end room that is left there is no nostalgia left <laughs> as far as the tight end room is concerned it is now Cole Komet and the room and relative to where he was picked in the second round of of the draft Gabe he, he has underachieved and and I just you know laid out a plan that maybe it's not quite all his fault but you know, the second round picks need to be starters 
end contributors, especially at that position in this version of the NFL. At least to get a touchdown. I mean, geez. Not at even, least a touchdown. You know, no, no touchdowns last year. Like you mentioned, though, you bring up a good point. There was someone there that was kind of impeding his, proce- uh, his progress, and he should have more. But but here's something that I look at when I look at Cole Komet, and, and, and I just did a, a top five guys that I feel like need to improve, and he was, he's my number one guy. And the one stat that I look at, he's played in every game these last two seasons. Every single game. And, that, that, you know, when you look at that and you say, okay, he's, he's reliable, he can be there, despite the fact that he's getting, he had no targets with the previous regime. <laughs> right. but, but playing in every game is extremely important. And, and going back to my top five wish list for him, now if we were to just take away the top two guys, Travis Kelsey and Mark Andrews, the, 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 the second tier of tight ends <laughs> is very manageable. I feel like he can uh-huh. get up there. It could be my home heart. Mark, you know, you know it beats hard. But but here's what, <laughs> I know. But here's what I would love for you to tell me because I feel like I need I need a realist and you are that for me Uh-oh, when it comes to this okay. Bears team. What do you feel like he does poorly? You're there. You're seeing him. You're wa- you're watching him in practice. You're seeing him up close on the sidelines. Yeah. What do you feel like he just does not do well? Uh, Cole Komet. I think that there have. I mean, we did see him drop some passes. So there has been a little bit. Of I, I guess you would put it in the category of ball security. There, mm-hmm. there has been some of that um, with him. So I suppose I would, I would say that as the answer. I know that the usual go-to as it pertains to tight ends is can he block? And yes, he can. Like, and he seems to be earnest in his desire to be better at that. He talks about the anger uh, and the will that that you can use those words as it pertains to to blocking. And it seems like, I mean, we saw a couple of like really key blocks by him last year. So I don't look at him necessarily as a project when it comes to to tackling. The one other thing about Cole Komet. That I don't know if it has to change, but it has to be monitored. And this is something that I actually talked to, to Cole Komet about last year. And that's Cole Komet is what I call a do, don't-go-down guy. As in, <laughs> he is not going to go down just to like a courtesy tackle. You know what I mean? A lot of players allow for the courtesy. Yeah, you know what? I don't want to take the next big hit, so I will go down here. The, he he will not. What, what, even if he knows that he has had, he will try to drag players. He will try. He will initiate collisions. <laughs> um, all of that. And I'm not worried about penalties necessarily. I am more worried about that's a good way to get hurt. And I, we all we love that. We love it when our because that is the essence of grinding, right? When you're grinding out extra yards. I think that's where really that comes from. You grind out yards in the National Football League. And that's what David Montgomery does. That's what Cole Komet does. And Cole told me last year, he said, yeah, that is something that I have to monitor. And he said that coaches, that coaches have talked to him about pick your battles. You know, obviously, I think it was one of the, the tight end coaches last year told me that it, it's, it's more of a thing, you know, pick, pick your spots. And hey, if you're at that goal line, Go for it. Drag everybody. Yeah. Do what you got to bite, claw, injure yourself, whatever. That's how precious touchdowns are for this team and, and in the NFL. And it seems as though it's that mindset where you get into the NFL and you've been literally carrying guys for your whole career. But then yes. you, you get to the NFL and you're like, wait, damn it, I can't do that to these guys. And I probably right. should, should be able to pick my battles. 
But again, I, I look at Cole Komet and I say to myself, like, if I were to point to a guy that could help this team out more than anybody else, I, I, I Fields is there. I we, but 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 he gets better if Cole Komet catches the ball. He gets better if Cole Komet elevates his game because. Who else are we leaning on and from from the wide receiver group or the, from the tight end group, right? We know Darnell, Darnell sure. Mooney's there, but th- those are the guys that I look at. And, and it brings me to the coach because, I don't know, my feeling when I when I hear Eberflus talk, and it seems like he's just assessing everyone, everything. Oh, yeah. It's not like he's focusing on a specific position group or a, a, a specific player. Have you noticed him, though, in what you've seen le- leaning in a, in a particular direction of – wanting to emphasize or, or make a particular position group better? Yeah, you know, I think the thing about Matt Eberflus right now is that he is there is no favoritism being displayed or shown towards really any players at this point. And so it's hard to get a read on what he thinks or doesn't think about certain players. I think it's possible. I'd have to go back and listen to previous press conferences with this regime, with, with either with either Matt Eberflus or Ryan Poles, as a matter of fact. I have to go back and see if my question to him the other day about Justin Fields, where he talked about Fields' ability to throw the ball deep, if that was the most concrete real <laughs> evaluation that that Matt Eberflus has made of any player and that's not even that big of a thing he throws a good deep which is great yeah. and I was like I hope Please. he can <laughs> absolutely that's kind of his thing so it's great to have the coach be a little wide-eyed about oh look at this guy you know throwing the the deep balls but that's the most information i mean we they still won't even tell us who's playing the the mike or the will at at linebacker is it going to be roquan smith is it going to be nick morrow and i just like have you really not figured it out i mean and i and i don't really care that much like that's not something like i feel like well we need to know the mike and the will like that's not like one of those things that i am going to like persist and do follow-up work on but it it did it did make me wonder just a just a little bit on that. Talking to Mark Grody, Chicago Bears sideline reporter, and of course, veteran here at six seventy to score. Pleasure to have him on. Listen to how vague Ibrahimovic is about talking about the offense. To me, it's hard to assess a couple things this time of year. Pass rush is hard to assess because it's a little bit easier for the rushers to get around, you know, because there's no pads on, you know. But once you put the pads on and those tackles can really block them, I I think that's when you really assess what it is. And same thing in the running game. You know, how do you really assess the running game as well? Now, I think in the passing game you can assess some things, but, you know, the pass rush is one of them. When pads come on, you can really tell, and then the run game. Maddie, what about the eye test? Mm. I feel like I can, even me, I can look at somebody and be like, oh, that guy is good. That yeah. guy can get to the quarterback. <laughs> that guy can run the ball. He's quick. He's elusive. He has some good juke moves. I, I can see, I can see that, and I'm not an NFL coach, but I want you to. But I, but it goes. I love the fact that I, I I picked up on him being as vague as possible. You co-signed it, and it, and it kind of yeah. speaks to who he is and and how he's approaching his first year as a coach in the NFL. 
yeah, and this this pads thing is going to be the end of us at, <laughs> at Hallis Hall because that's the answer to a lot. Like we had a chance to talk to the 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 Bears assistant coaches, offensive and defensive over the last couple of media veils where we kind of get, you know, they're a little bit more intimate. We get a little one-on-one time or maybe just a few reporters at a time. It's just like, it's just like all these interviews going on in a lounge basically where we sit and have these uh, conversations with, with these assistant coaches and, and these guys like, like Chris Morgan, like talking to him, uh, obviously, offensive line is massive this year in terms of what it might be in the four draft picks that that's all. I'm asking about, obviously, Tevin Jenkins and Larry Borum and his answer. Well, it's really hard when you don't have the pads. <laughs> and then then I said, oh, well, so it's got to be. So it's pretty hard to get an evaluation of some of the rookies. Then this is just, is this more difficult as a coach? And no, of course not. No, no, no. Right. We could we could pick them out. So, yeah. So it's the, the, the pads thing is forever going to get it. And then the thing is, is when the pads actually go on, then it's first of all, it's rare. Secondly, is this a day where there's actual tackling? Is it just the wrap them up? Is it touch? So, yeah, we, we never really get there. So they just get to keep using that excuse all the time. But, you know, they, they obviously have a, a better idea on these individuals than, than they are allowing to leak out. And I imagine eventually we will get full evaluations from Matt Eberflus. Well, when there's actually a depth chart and we see who the starting cornerbacks are, we see who the will and the Mike are at the linebacker spot. So some of it will be stuff that we'll just have to see. And then hopefully he shares a little bit more as time goes on. But yeah, there's really nothing like when it comes to Matt Eberflus at this point, like there, there's really no great or bad or anything. Like it's still, it's still so early. He's like, he seems like a really nice guy. He seems to be, he's earnest and honest and into his Q and A with the media. And, and Matt Nagy was similar in that regard. Like he seems to, I don't know, I don't know that he enjoys it, but he he doesn't seem to be trying to take the easy way out, um, except for the the, the pads things and, yeah. and being a little bit, you know, gray in some areas, which he of course is totally entitled to but he's been fine so far and we none of us knows what kind of a coach he's going to be still well, well he did say that he was able to assess the quarterback position felt like that was bit. something that was good and and, and and when I look at I gotta be honest Mark I, we all want Justin Fields to do well but we also know that his style of quarterback play can lead can potentially lead to injuries and I look at the depth chart just behind Justin Fields oh. with, with Trevor Simeon and, of course, Nathan Peterman. Does, exactly. That's my question to you. Does, does the quarterback room scare you? Well, I would say this. No more than it has in recent years. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Because That's actually a good, that's a, that's a good thing. Because, you know, I mean, you felt, you felt better than you did in decades past when you had, you know, Dalton and Foles at least – you know, yeah. but th- this reminds me of 10 years ago where you had, you know, nobody back there. <laughs> yeah, but I got to tell you, man, like Chase Daniel was no prize as a as a backup <laughs> quarterback. He really wasn't like he he talked the part. Great guy. I'm sure he was good in Mitch's ear. But when he played, it was like, ooh. You know, like that's just backup quarterbacking in the NFL. Like yeah. so to the and then even let's let's take it, you know, let's keep going with this motif. 
the the next year there's Nick Foles and I'll I I make the argument Gabe that he is the, the greatest backup quarterback of all time considering he won a Super Bowl <laughs> he got the team back to the playoffs the next year won a playoff game against the Bears so like like we can play that game and that's a deeper topic and I know like there'll be a lot of Jeff Hostetler love but I <laughs> the argument can be made and I and by the way the 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 uh, I'm not counting like Tom Brady came off the sure, bench. Sure, you know sure, what I sure, mean? Sure. You know, like I guess maybe you could throw a Steve Young in because he definitely was not the guy for a while. Uh, but yeah, we, we can go through that exercise. And so that my point being that considering how Nick Foles did play for the bears, which turned out to be bad uh, for whatever reason, except for the Atlanta game where he came in and replaced Trubisky and threw the three touchdown passes, it was, it went precipitously downhill since then. So now bring it to this year and yeah, on the surface, <laughs> it doesn't sound good just saying those names. Uh. But especially since we simply don't know what Justin Fields is, they're really on par with the, the guys that the Bears have had previously and, quite frankly, most second-string quarterbacks in the NFL. Well, my Homer heart beats stronger when I talk to you, Mark. Not necessarily yeah. after that last question, but in general. <laughs> so I'm glad you were able to jump on with me today. I genuinely appreciate you hanging out uh. with me. Gabe, always good to talk to you, man. I'll talk to you soon. Mark Grody, Chicago Bears sideline reporter. You can follow him, Mark Grody Sports, on Twitter. Of course, he joins us on the Circuit Resort and Casino Hotline, Circuit Resort and Casino Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. Now, some of your Homer hearts are pounding hard, despite the fact that the Cubs got molly today. But we're going to hear from the coach and from Steele himself to see what he thought of his performance today. We'll do that right after this. I'm Gabe Ramirez. This is 670 The Score. Boss. Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score and on 670thescore.com in Odyssey Station. You know, most people that grew up in the 90s, they hear this song and they just think to their backward jeans and bad haircuts. Me, as a very young child in the 90s, I just think to Bulls championships. This is like the damn anthem over there. Oh, my goodness. It's Gabe Ramirez, 670 The Score. One of my all-time favorite Bulls, Joe Kim Noah, actually was talking to uh, somebody about his, his top five Bulls of all time. And I I look at this list, and, I, and, I, and I, I get where he's coming from, but I felt like it was lacking in some areas. So I wanted to have an opportunity to give my top five of all time. But you got to respect Joe Kim and, and where he's coming from. Here's his take on who his top five are. My all-time Bulls starting five will start with, at the point guard position, we're going to start with Derrick Rose. Rose trying to get open, fires away! Bang! It's over! At the two guard, we're going to go with Michael Jordan. I think he's probably the greatest athlete that's ever played any sport. At the three, we're going to go with the legendary Scottie Pippen. Scottie, emphatic dunk. At the four, we're going to go with my brother from South Sudan, Luol Deng, BAL ambassador. And at the five, we're going to go with the big Aussie, Luke Longley. <laughs> I think he'll be, he'll fit in well with those guys. Okay. I know some people are, are, are hesitant with the, with the Luke Longley thing, but let's be honest, you know, when the three-headed monster was out there, 
He was at, he was at the forefront of that. He'll get you some buckets. He was that Euro guy, you know, hit you the mid-range. Won't play a ton of defense for you, but he got six fouls that he could use. I got Cesar Perez, producer extraordinaire. Before I give you mine, I'm curious. Top five or, or your, your, your all-star lineup for the Chicago Bulls all time. What you got for me? Well, myself, as you, just like you, I, I was there for the 90s, okay? I seen it. So I, I told you before the show started, it was very hard to just not go all 90s sure. Bulls on this list. It was hard to do. Uh, four of them are. So, you know, you asked me to come up to listen. In my head, I'm thinking, okay, we're playing five people on the court for a whole game, right? So I'm going Jordan, Pippen, and Rodman. I mean, I don't know how any list doesn't have those three on there. But I got a little twist in there. I'm throwing Tony Kukoc out there. If you're telling me I got to have five players on the court for the whole game, I'm going to throw Tony out there. And I don't think – I think Noah's selling himself short. Maybe on purpose, but he should be the center, I think, in the top five. I'm going Noah out there. Okay. You got your hodgepodge. You're doing like a Steve Kerr, throw some guys out there and just make it work in that space right there. Modern NBA, right? Yeah, modern, modern NBA. NBA. I get it. I think I think you're 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 I should we should fire you for not putting Derrick Rose in that list. I mean, just immediately. Like, how can you not put Derrick Rose on the top five or your 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 ideal lineup for an uh, all time Chicago Bulls team? Derrick Rose gotta be there. Chicagoan, Simeon, tw- number twenty five, just Derrick Rose is in there. Jordan, of course. Now Pip is in, Pip's my three. I mean, that's that's a that's a no brainer right there. Now, when you're when you're looking at the four, that's where you get in get into it because of course, Luol Dang. I mean, geez, for what he did for this organization, how many years he played, he's just a great human being. But Dennis Rodman, you know, you got some guys you could really put in there. I would love to throw an honorable mention to Taj Gibson, and I think that the, here's the reason why hard hat lunch pail. You know, he, when you're talking about fitting, you know. He'd probably get as many rebounds or close to in, in, the, in the Rodman space, but he's playing defense. He's dunking on people. I said honorable mention. I didn't put him in my lineup. I just said honorable mention. Now, when you're talking about the five, for me, I love Joe Kim Noah. Huge Joe Kim Noah fan. But I'm going to have to tip my cap to Bill Cartwright. And I'm going to tell you why. Let's not forget, the Bulls weren't winning anything because they didn't have no decent five at the time in the early 90s. You get Bill Cartwright. Granted, it was towards the end of his career, but he was someone that can get you some buckets. And let's not forget, he had the original Joe Kim Noah shot. Like that two elbow to the side, throwing it with both your hands, that thing was just horrendous. But he'll smack it on you. And he did that like weird 180, like from his from his from the middle of his waist, you know, to the side and then threw it up there. I just remember as a kid, trying to recreate that shot and just thinking to myself, like, how the hell is this guy in the NBA making buckets? But don't you think Noah in his place, those Bulls teams would have been so much better, don't you? I mean, uh, on those teams, if you had Noah instead of Cartwright, imagine how much better they were then. Joe Kim Noah d- doesn't like a prima donna. And I feel like Joe Kim Noah and Jordan would have fought. Right, don't you? Yeah, that's a good Joe point. Joe Kim don't play yeah. that, right? Like, Joe Kim came from money. Joe Kim don't care about – like, he's here to play basketball and play – so maybe they would have – it would have been like that we have similar personalities, so we hate each other. But if we just took a second, we'd love each other because we just realized that we have the same passion for this basketball game. But I feel like Joe, like Joe Kim would have called Pippen a bunch of names, like sitting out and doing all that stuff. Like, Joe Kim would have had none of that. So for me, it was, it's more of a chemistry thing. 
I, I definitely think Noah would have would have been a, bit, a big voice in those locker rooms because you're right. That's his personality. Uh, you know, who knows? You're right. We're Maybe. not listening to you no more because you didn't have Derrick Rose in your in your starting five. I I, I just I, it's hard for me to take you seriously, Cesar Perez. If you do not have Derrick Rose in your top five, now there's some other guys that. I mean, okay, it's it's you can't take out Jordan and Pippen. Two and three, that's locked, right? So what you're really discussing is your one, your four, and your five. And I'd love to hear your uh, your texts right now at 312-644-6767. 815 says Jimmy Butler. Come on, bro. Who are you, t- who are you over who? Over Pippen? I get it. I hear what you're saying. But... And, and Jimmy Butler now, that recency bias, he's in your face. But what did he score last game in the playoffs? Like 6, 12, something like that? Something embarrassing? I do love some of the other players that have come. Bob Love, got to show him some love. I, I could see, I see. I see other people coming in. But I got to be honest, everyone that's throwing a text up here, Cesar Perez, I know you see the text, the text line over there. Derrick Rose is getting tons of love over here. You got me with the rose, all right? I, I got to admit, you got me with the rose. You're right. I, I don't know how he slipped my mind in that list. I guess, okay, so let me let me, let me me come back here. We're going to swap out, okay? We're gonna, oh, I like this. The pressure. Jordan. Got him to swap all right, out. All right, all right, all right. We'll swap them out. We're going to go Jordan, Pippen, Rodman, Rose, and Noah. So we got three okay. 90s players, and then more <laughs> modern, we'll go Rose and Noah. You're just telling your age right there. We got, we got you. I love it. We've got a ton of artists Gilmore. Now, there's a player I wish I could have seen a little bit more of. Seen a little bit more. My dad talks about him a lot. My dad, it's, the thing is, when you're growing up, growing up in Chicago in the night, my dad is a huge Bulls fan, and that's how my, my, my love for basketball came about. Like most kids that grew up in the Chicago in the 90s, you just, you just watched every single game. You fell in love with the team, and then you'd go play basketball on the weekends or you know, after, afterwards. I played for, for Lane Tech. It was tough. Puerto, Puerto Rican kid trying to make left-handed layups in the 90s. Oh, that, was, that was hard for me. Artist Gilmore, that would have been, been a good one. But a lot of Rodmans, a lot of Noahs. Appreciate everybody uh, texting in right now. Of course, Tech Zone brought to you by Rosen Hyundai of Algonquin. Save time, shop online at rosenhyundai.com. Yeah, Joe Kim Noah. I, I love what he said. He had to show love to Luol Deng, though. I mean, they, they, they went through battles. Somebody just put in Carlos Boozer. Come on. Come on, Carlos Boozer. All right, before we get out, I got to tell you my – you guys can use this in life. Carlos, I say Carlos Boozer's name more often than I say probably any athlete's name, and I'll tell you why. And you can use this in your life. Remember this. Carlos Boozer is the best of the worst players in the NBA at the time. And he was the worst of the best players. Okay? So, so whenever anything in life, when you're like, ah, he's kind of the, he's kind of the, it's kind of the, he's kind of the Carlos Boozer of that. You can say if you have a, a cell phone or a meal that you had. Like, I went to... STK Steakhouse, and it's kind of the 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 Carlos Boozer of steakhouses. It's, it's fancy, it's expensive, but it's not the best one. But it's better than any other steakhouse you'd probably go to that wasn't in downtown Chicago. I'm sorry, it's just whenever I think of Boozer, all I can see is him just getting dominated in that Miami series down low. You know, just getting out rebounded every game, and it looks like he's not even jumping up. That's that's all I can see when I when I think of Boozer. When I visualize Carlos Boozer, all I see is shoe polish on his head. And him trying to justify the, the whole entire thing. Uh, I, I, Kirk Heimer getting an honorable mention as well. Of course, you got to love Captain Kirk for everything he did. If you got some more people you want to go ahead and throw in here again, 312-644-6767. I'd love to go ahead and see all of these. Uh, but right on the other side of this, as I mentioned before, the club, the Cubs got molly by the Cincinnati Reds of all teams. 
We're going to hear from David Ross as well as Steele to go ahead and hear what their assessment was of the, somebody said D-Wade Prime, but he wasn't a bull at that, that moment. Uh, we'll go ahead and get their assessment and find out what they thought happened in today's game. We'll do that right after this. I'm Gabe Ramirez. This is 670 The Score. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. 